before I began to speak, the reason I spent a little time with the kids, I, I just wanted to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> you know, uh, Ben and I have been doing this our whole careers, it seems. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly, within minutes, and the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know, and uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, a shooter in this situation reportedly had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy, and I am the pastor at Doxa Church. Today is March 29th, 2023, and I come to you with a very heavy heart. I dropped my boys off at Spartanburg Christian Academy, and the last two mornings I've had a conversation with them about what happened at another Christian school in Nashville. I chose to have a conversation with my boys about it because as a parent, all of life is a teaching opportunity. And my goal is to narrate this world to them, the good as well as the evil, and give them a reference point on where evil comes from and where good comes from, and to always direct them to their hope in Jesus Christ. And we'll probably talk more about it again tonight but my goal is always to give them scripture and teach them about the reality of sin and darkness to point out to them where the lies of the world will lead and to above all in every single opportunity of life teach them about their god who loves them and who has a plan and purpose for them this tragedy in nashville is one of those situations And a lot of details are coming out about this heinous act. And before I go any further, let me just say that I am praying right now without ceasing. I mean, just on and off all day, the last few days for these victims and for the families, all of them, the the shooter's family, the administration, the principal of this school, Mrs. Kuntz, who responded immediately and came out to confront the shooter and tried to stop her, who was shot and killed. There was a janitor, there was a substitute teacher, and there was three precious kids, nine years of age. This is disgustingly evil. The pain is enormous and unbearable for so many that are close to this situation. When something like this happens, you can't help but think about how that could have been you and one of the most crushing things about this wicked act 
is that the 28-year-old girl went back to her old Christian school. And it's being reported now. We may never get confirmation on this. But it's looking more and more likely that she targeted the pastor's nine-year-old daughter. Now, what do we do when we are faced with this kind of evil? Instead of jumping straight into gun reform or even just the nebulous mental health issue that is turning into another crutch at this point, we have to address the reality that we are seeing more and more deranged, mentally ill, broken, bitter, evil people in our society. Our culture is producing this. People who are deranged by lies, who desire in their hearts to murder people. And as much as I'm praying for the victims, everyone who is heartbroken right now at this, at this disgusting act of evil, there is a time to mourn. Take as much time as you need on that. And we also have to ask some hard questions. We have to have bold conversations. Because innocent kids and teachers and administrators are dying. So don't listen to the narrative that we can't name names and we can't look into this, this situation very closely, that it's wrong to do so. What was the motivation? You're going to hear a lot of people say, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. And there's also a lot of people who have already done the investigation on their own who aren't afraid to tell us some facts that will lead us to some pretty obvious deductions. But let me pause right there and just say one other thing before we really get into the core issue that I wanted to address. And that's this. To make this about gun control and for politicians to immediately grandstand for gun restrictions is not only missing the mark, it's disgusting at this point. We already have very strict gun laws in this country, stricter than ever before, yet we get more and more violence. And if you think making another law against guns is going to help the situation, let me just be honest with you. You may as well believe that putting a Band-Aid on a shotgun wound is also going to help. The situation is way deeper than that. But we have heard this lie for so long that even good people who get that there's a deeper root issue are still thinking that, yeah, maybe some more gun restrictions is going to be helpful. That'll help, right? And even the day after this happened, I saw Christian after Christian attacking other Christians online for being pro-gun, whatever that means. We won't even get into that. And what we all need to do is stop talking about guns and start talking about human hearts. A rock in the hand of Cain killed Abel. But it wasn't the rock's fault. It was the hatred in the heart of Cain. Trying to eliminate guns would be just as impossible as trying to gather up all the rocks in our country. And if a wicked, hateful heart 
can't find a gun, they will use a knife. The problem isn't in the instrument. It's in the heart of man. So that's all I'm going to say about guns. But look past that emotional headline. Look past that lie that you've heard over and over again for years now and think about the fact that if good people aren't allowed to have guns, because that's what this is really all about from those upper echelons, they want to take firearms out of the hands of law-abiding citizens, then we don't have a defense. And you better believe the criminals and those who have hatred in their heart will still find weapons. So that's all I'm going to say about guns. Many people are deceived, but the people at the top, they keep it at the forefront because they have an evil agenda. But here's what I really want to talk about. We have an evil enemy who is the prince in the power of this air. So the solutions have to go deeper than guns, and it goes even deeper than mental health because it's getting harder and harder to find common ground on mental health as well. What we're really talking about is truth and love, good and evil. So it's about what you do with evil. How do you equip yourself to handle evil? How can we defend ourselves from this evil and send it back to the pit of hell from whence it came? That's really the conversation that needs to be had. And I'll give you a heads up. We don't own or have the ultimate solution. The solution is not in us. It's only found in Jesus Christ. Now, do we have a mental health pandemic in our country? Absolutely. And that is what's driving gun violence. Mentally broken people that have been deceived by lies. You couldn't be more obvious in this most recent case, and really in every situation. That's why all of this goes back to truth and love. And if you want any solutions to the moral bankruptcy of our country, it all goes back to the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in. Evil is more in your face and more obvious in this country than it has ever been. I was listening to one of my favorite YouTubers this week. His name's Awaken with JP. He has a lot of really humorous videos. He really plays on satire, revealing truth. He's always been a spiritual person. You can tell he's not a Christian. He's definitely on that spiritual plane for, for a long time. But just recently, he admitted he was wrong and that he always looked down on religion and he was spiritual. But now he believes in God. And the way he described his new thinking was ever since 2020 with a restrictive, oppressive government that is mandating things and and using science and twisting science with the science Nazis. They have shown their hand, and he's more aware of evil in this world than ever before. And he's not yet a Christian, but he described himself as becoming accidentally more Christian, which is a funny thing to say, but that's what he said, accidentally more Christian because he's just distancing himself from evil. And now he's over in this God camp, and now he actually does believe there is a God because of the evil that he sees. Pray that JP will find Christ, because there's more than just believing in one God. Even the demons believe in that and tremble. Jesus Christ is God. He is the Savior who will deliver and save people. 
But evil will always be with us in this present age. And the person responsible is the one who pulls the trigger. But if you open your eyes, you will see that evil is everywhere. There are people all over the internet now that are blaming this heinous act on the lawmakers of Tennessee. Let me say that again. There are sick, perverted people who are spouting that the Tennessee lawmakers who are passing legislation that protects kids from getting life-altering surgeries, that mutilate their God-given bodies, there are people who are blaming the lawmakers for causing a trans person to go on a killing spree. That's how sick and twisted our world has become. There are people more concerned about quote-unquote misgendering the murderer than they are concerned about the victims whose lives were taken. This was a hate crime. And I don't even like that language because every murder is actually a hate crime. But what these victims really are, they are martyrs. Now, they didn't expressly die for their savior, so maybe you wouldn't go as far as to say that they are martyrs. I understand that. But you can make this case. Audrey Hale grew up in a Christian home. She went to this school. All the evidence up to this point points to the theory that she was radicalized by a woke, progressive art school. I've dug into this, I've done some research and, and listened to some people who immediately got on the socials and they invest, you know, all this stuff is wiped now. You can't really find, even find it on the internet anymore. But from everything that we can tell, like she was, lived a pretty sheltered life. She has two Christian parents that are very involved in church. Audrey Hale grew up in a Christian home, went to this college, and devastatingly, her faith wasn't real. From everything we can tell, she was not prepared for the onslaught of radical gender ideology and the attacks on truth that she faced at this school. And maybe it was greater society. We don't know how this all came about. Of course not. But she's 28 years old. And then she goes back to the school that she grew up in. She was in a trans group online that believed and openly discussed how their rights were being stripped away and how the quote-unquote bigot Christians wanted them dead. How sad is that? We live in a world where if you believe there are two genders and you believe that kids shouldn't be confused and encouraged to change their gender, and if you have the audacity to say that being trans is a mental disorder, which was common knowledge and accepted as gender dysphoria less than a decade ago. If you believe all those things, well, then you're a bigot. So there's a lie out there that Christians want to eradicate trans people. That's not true. I've never heard a Christian say that. What Christians want to do is share the truth in love. And if there's someone claiming to be a Christian who wants to end all trans people, they don't know Christ. Full stop. They are either a pretender or they are deceived themselves, but they don't know Christ. 
That's not the heart of God at all. True Christians love everyone. We want them to know God. We don't want them to be angry and bitter and depressed and suicidal. But this is the narrative. Christians hate you. They are bigots. And Audrey Hale was so deceived by this that she went on a killing rampage at her old school. Just say a prayer right now for her family in this church because they are suffering from this evil. The world calls good evil and evil good. And this cloak of tolerance and accept everyone, love is love. It's all a lie from the pit of hell. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. We are talking about the kind of spiritual warfare that makes assault rifles look like super soakers. This is not a game. This is real warfare. The enemy, Satan and his demons, are running rampant in the upper echelons of power in our country right now. I'm not saying this is in every school, but if you look across the board at the Department of Education, our schools, from the top down, thankfully there's Christians serving in schools, and we have a bunch of Christians in our church that teach in the public school system. I'm so thankful for them. They are missionaries. They are doing a good work. But by and large, overall, our scholastic system in our country has become a cesspool of lies and deceit. There's an agenda there that isn't trying to teach kids how to be productive citizens and how to learn about life. It's trying to corrupt them. And kids are being targeted by the LGBTQIA agenda. We could talk a long time about all of this, and if you disagree with me here, you want more proof, please just reach out. I would be glad to have a pleasant, civil conversation with you about more of this. Absolutely. I don't want to argue with you, but I'd be glad to share more on that. But that's where our mental health crisis is coming from. It's coming from spiritual warfare that is enraged right now in our culture. And here's another little side trail I want to venture down for a second. We have replaced community with a screen. We have. People aren't engaged in community like they used to be engaged with. The church's presence has, has declined, sadly. Many churches have compromised to the point where they're just a, just a social club that's not even preaching the hope of Jesus Christ. So, of course, people don't want that because that country club isn't as fun as the actual country club, right? But it's true. Real face-to-face conversation, real interaction with real people, like true community has been replaced by a screen. And it absolutely crushes me to see this. I'm outside at a soccer game. You have families watching, a, watching kids play a game. And then you see it. Well, there's a little kid with their face glued to a screen. They're not even old enough to talk, but they're scrolling through the phone. They can't even watch their brother or sister 
run around outside in the sunshine. Now, you may think that's a leap. Maybe that hits close to home, but I don't think it is. We have a culture that hands kids phones before they can even talk, and parents take shortcuts to actual parenting and development. What do you think that's doing to these kids year after year? We live in a world of never-ending scrolling rather than real face-to-face conversations. And kids are being handed phones with unlimited and unrestricted access to the filth of this world. And then people are wondering what went wrong. What's wrong with our culture? Why don't people know how to have conversations? Why can't people meet people anymore and have real relationships? Not only that, But kids are being exposed to all of these lies online and these half-truths online. And they're seeing the worst of the world, all the problems of the world, with no hope, with no answer. So they're feeling the weight of everything with no hope. And we wonder why people are struggling with anxiety and mental illness. For years, our youth have had lies and half-truths and twisted facts and distortions of reality dumped on them with no solutions. And here's what we have. The most anxious, miserable, and hopeless generation that we've ever seen. Community in a church family for so many people is non-existent. Churches are caving to the woke propaganda and the woke agenda. It's in Disney movies. It's everywhere. And it's time to wake up. There are evil, wicked people that are coming after your children. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's obvious. So what are you doing to love your neighbors and to love your kids and to help them find real community? Now, we have to wake up. It's not just let them do what they want to do. Whatever they do in their bedroom isn't going to hurt anyone else. Lies. All of it. Moral decay, sexual promiscuity, all of that tears down our society and chips away at our communities. The number of gay kids, teens, and adults has exponentially exploded over the last decade. And people are foolish enough to think that it's always been this way. It's just that people are educated now and it's accepted now. So so it's real. No, what's changed is evil people, groomers, pushing their agenda onto people. And kids have never been more confused. And it all goes back to parents who are so preoccupied with themselves that they have their own head in the sand. And they're not having these kind of conversations that they need to have. I heard this week it was pointed out to me that 43% of trans people commit suicide. Let that sink in. 43% of trans people commit suicide. How many contemplate suicide? I would believe you if you told me 100%. I don't think anybody has the answer to that. But it's nearly all of them. And 43% commit suicide. That is not a mentally stable demographic. 
Do I need to make this point any clearer? 43% of slaves never committed suicide. And all of the hormone blockers and the steroid injections, none of that ever helps or alleviates any of these feelings of depression and despair. It is such a lie from the pit of hell to think that you can tell somebody, yeah, you're a boy trapped in a girl's body. You can change your gender. Trans ideology is demonic. Let's just call it what it is. Demons are neither male nor female. They hate humans who are created in the image of God as male and female, and they want you to destroy and mutilate your body. That's the enemy of spiritual warfare. The enemy wants men to dress effeminate and forsake their God-given masculinity. The enemy wants women to dress masculine and forsake their God-given femininity. It's spiritual warfare. God created two genders for each other to mutually complement one another. Masculinity, true masculinity, is not toxic, but it's under attack. Being feminine and dressing like a woman should never be looked down upon, but it's under attack. Being a homemaker, being a lady, being a man who wants to lead and provide, all of those are God-given natural instincts that our culture is at war with. The homosexuality that our country has been bombarded with has now grown into the trans movement. Of course, homosexuality is still a problem, and now it just continues. It goes down the road. And the handwriting is on the wall. Next, it's going to be polygamy followed by no age restrictions on sex. All of the same arguments that were made for homosexuality are coming down the pike for the next wave. It's already there. Because as soon as you reject the Bible as your authority, you do what seems right in your own eyes. And it's Katie Barr to the door. I read recently that either scripture will be the lens through which you view the world, or the world will be the lens through which you view scripture. Ultimately, one or the other will be your authority. I've had friends who have gone down the road of viewing scripture through their lens of the world, letting their feelings, their emotions, letting the lies of this culture dictate what they want the Bible to say. Don't let your feelings make all your decisions. Don't elevate your feelings and emotions to a place that's above God's revelation. His word is truth. And we have to align our feelings to his truth. I told you this was about truth and love. And it's not loving to accept a lie, to be okay with a lie. That's not love. It's not loving to let someone reject God's way and God's will and walk down their own path that leads to destruction. God is love, and he loves us. And we have to love people enough to stand for the truth and share the truth. We need to wake up and when we see it, we need to call out the medical institutions that are peddling lies and turning people into lifelong dependence on the big pharma industrial complex. They want you on a pill. They want to tell you that your problem, your mental disorder can be solved by taking this pill as they milk in the profits. They don't want their cash cow to ever end. 
and people are getting pushed hard into radicalization and hatred at the end of the day. And it will continue to get increasingly violent until we wake up and do everything we can do to expose the darkness. Now, this could be a whole other podcast at this point, but in Ephesians, Paul tells us how to expose the darkness. Even Christians can get this wrong. This doesn't mean that we need to go on a crusade and fight people and argue with people. Of course not. But there's a verse, Ephesians 5.11, that says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And I want to read you the whole context of this. Because simply exposing the darkness, I want you to listen to this passage. It's not about you getting on your righteous high horse. It's simply about shining light. When you shine light, it exposes darkness. Listen to what Paul says in this chapter. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That's what we need to do right there. Verse 3. But sexual immorality... And all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are all out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. How relevant is this for a present situation? Verse 7, therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. That passage is all about being an imitator of God. As beloved children, walking in love as Christ has loved you. When you do that, you expose the evil works of darkness. God is angry with the wicked every day. I'm angry at the wicked people in this world who are deceiving people and taking people into destruction. But I also know that these people will be judged by God because God is just. And it's not my job to bring that justice. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So I'm going to do everything I can as I talk to the Lord not to be angry and bitter and go on an attack. It's a spiritual battle. The only solution is Jesus. So I have to give them Jesus. And if they don't want to listen to Jesus, I really can't say anything else. But this doesn't mean we sit on the sidelines. Have conversations with your coworkers. Have conversations with your classmates at school have conversations with your kids have conversations with your spouse with your boyfriend with your girlfriend have conversations about the truth 
May you give everyone a reason for the hope that is in you. But do it in gentleness and respect. We can't afford to get angry and defensive. That's directly out of the page of the enemy's playbook. But we still expose darkness by shining light. So what I want you to understand right now is that the culture war is raging. And it's spiritual warfare. It's never been more obvious. Think about it this way. We don't tell anorexic people that, you're right, you are fat, please starve yourself some more. We don't do that. At least we don't yet. When we do tell obese people that they're healthy, we do tell people that if you feel like maybe you want to dress in some other clothes, that maybe you're not actually really a girl or a boy, we tell girls who think they might be a boy that they can inject themselves with testosterone and turn into the true version of themselves. We ignore science and we peddle lies like you can be a boy in a woman's body. We are supposed to be a society that believes in science, but in reality, it's only the science that fits the narrative. And most of the science is distorted to fit that narrative. Real science, repeated, tested science that we can make logical deductions from, that tells us that trying to morph your body into something it's not makes you prone to rage and depression. When you go on hormone blockers and you do all of these things to your body that is not supposed to be done, it messes you up in your head. It's so obvious. There's irrefutable scientific data on that that no one wants to talk about. So please don't listen to the lies of our nation's corrupted medical powers that be. Get your truth from God's never-changing word. Truly loving people means that you're graciously going to stand firm on the promises of God. Grow in your own faith. Lean on God. Understand who he is. And you will have the heart of compassion to speak the truth. And let me leave you with a great promise. A truth that we all must cling to in times such as these. And it's straight from the mouth of Jesus. In this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. It's John 16. Jesus Christ is more powerful than all of these evil forces. We have nothing to fear. Here's another one. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4. This has been a tough week for me, and I know it has been for a lot of you. Wrestling with a lot of these thoughts, praying through all this. There's so much evil. There's so much pain right now. Don't let the evil of this world overshadow the love of our God. Don't get so wound up and fired up that you start misrepresenting the truth of who God is. God is just. He will judge evil. None of these people are going to get away with this. At the end of the day, 
all unrighteousness will be exposed. It all will. The truth doesn't change. It never has. And we have the opportunity to every single day understand darkness and expose darkness with our own light that Jesus Christ gives us. If you would, please, if you're listening to this podcast, I would encourage you to share this with two people. Maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you want to you want to say it another way. That's fine too. But at least talk with two people this week before this week is over. There's so much confusion around this subject. So many people talking about guns and mental health and they're not going here having the real conversation that needs to be had. So if you think it would be a good idea, pray about it, share this episode, let me know what you think. I'm always open to discussing anything on the Doxa Dialogue. I have these conversations with you as an audience to engage with you, and I love hearing from you as well. So feel free to reach out to me, david at doxaupstate.church is my email address you can find our church website and there's a lot of information there as well easy to contact us but pass this on keep praying keep your eyes on jesus christ you are loved